so we have uh you've also been working on FOIA while we've gone and we've got a pretty big FOIA backlog here, don't we? Yes, we do. What's going on? Let, let's start with uh some disclosures that were made to us or not made to us in this case. Oh, there's it's a mixed bag. Anyway, I'll just uh I'll just explain. The Department of Homeland Security is keeping secret records of Trump administration officials attempting to justify a violent crackdown on protesters in Portland, Oregon in the summer of 2020 amid the nationwide uprising against police violence. Sections of emails that DHS did release show top officials with the Federal Protective Service discussing a matter that appeared to serve as the basis for unfounded allegations made by top Trump administration officials that protesters in Portland used laser pointers to permanently blind federal agents. The claim was made in late July by then-White House Press Secretary Kelly McEnany and then-Attorney General William Barr. In early August, top DHS official Ken Cuccinelli then walked back the permanent blindness claim, saying federal agents suffered, quote, days-long blindness from Portland protesters allegedly using laser pointers. Officials, however, did not permit these agents to talk to the media about their alleged injuries, according to an NBC affiliate in Portland that tried to independently verify the claims. The permanent blindness story appears to originate with top officials from the Federal Protective Service, the body tasked with protecting U.S. government facilities that featured prominently during Portland protests. Messages among FPS officials were elevated to Cuccinelli, a Trump hardliner who was serving as a top DHS official, despite the fact that months earlier in March 2020, a federal judge had ruled that his appointment to acting head of immigration services was illegal. Cuccinelli reacted to the messages from FPS, which were fully redacted, by the way, by saying, quote, help, please, in a mostly redacted message sent to William Bryan, the head of DHS Science and Technology Directorate. Brian advises top DHS officials on scientific matters. Brian replied, but contents of the message were withheld from public release. Cuccinelli then asked for help from Dwayne Caneva, DHS's chief medical officer. Finally, someone replied to Cuccinelli, and we don't know who because DHS redacted their identity under the personal privacy exemption. This person said, quote, we are working on the response in coordination with each other and included in their response general laser guidance from the DHS safety manual, which differentiated between different types of lasers and the type of damage that they can do to vision by the class of laser. Cuccinelli replied asking how the guidance applies to common store-bought lasers and said, quote, Also, if you are the target of a laser, is there any way for you to know what level slash power the laser laser aimed at you is? Parenthetical, please pardon my grammar. In response, an unknown individual, probably the same unidentified person, sent Cuccinelli an article published in 2015 by retinatoday.com on the general danger of exposing eyes to lasers. The piece stated that the greatest concern for permanent injury usually involves, quote, unsupervised children who have, received, who have received these lasers as toys or gifts and expose themselves to the laser beams. Perhaps this is the basis for the Trump administration claiming that por- protesters in Portland might be responsible for potentially permanently blinding law enforcement. 
Cuccinelli reacted to the RetinaToday.com article by forwarding the chain to Christopher Tomney, Director of DHS Operations Coordination, asking for the chain to be shared with senior operational leaders. Going to be uh, come an avid reader of RetinaToday.com. <laughs> There were some other interesting tidbits released to us by DHS on federal operations in Portland in the summer of 2020, an unredacted briefing memo for acting Department Secretary Chad Wolf. This was for a law enforcement roundtable that was closed to the press. Here's how Wolf was planning on closing the discussion per the briefing, quote, On behalf of all the men and women at DHS, we stand with you as all lives, including blue lives, matter. Another revealing bullet point, praise for the Fraternal Order of Police, or FOP, the police union, which is not really a union, and, uh, and, and, and it's just not a union. They, 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 they beat up workers. They work for bosses. It's, it's not really a union. Anyway, you probably know them for aggressively pushing back against any attempt to hold killer cops accountable, among other shitheaded things. So paragraph C in the background of this briefing shows how DHS practically viewed the FOP as an arm of the Trump-era Republican Party, stating, quote, FOP leadership has actively engaged in meetings and discussions with the U.S. Department of Justice, U.S. Department of Homeland Security, White House, and Congress. The FOP has proven to be great partners, always willing to assist the administration. The briefing noted that uh, the FOP would be present at the roundtable. This, by the way, will probably lead to some follow-up FOIA requests next week with DHS and DOJ, so stay tuned for that. Moving on, the briefing notes also highlight how DHS plays a role in helping local police departments conduct surveillance, one of the many reasons this agency should be abolished. Quote, the department has been sharing law enforcement-specific information and intelligence products with state and local partners relating to domestic extremist groups and bad actors via the Homeland Security Information Network and state and local fusion centers. HSIN, the information network, is the DHS's official system for trusted sharing of sensitive but unclassified information between federal, state, local, territorial, tribal, international, and private sector partners. Hmm. Mission operators use HSIN to access Homeland Security data, send requests securely between agencies, manage operations, coordinate planned event safety and security, respond to incidents, and share the information they need. If your locality wants to support DHS in these efforts, please join the many state and local task forces in your area. Ensure your departments have access, adequate funding, and a seat at the table at the local and state fusion centers. Please also reach out to DHS components locally in your area as they all bring invaluable resources and expertise to protecting our communities. Finally, the briefing notes also at times read like opposition research aimed at Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler, who is a reliable supporter of the city police brutalizing protesters, uh, but was against federal agents doing it. The DHS notes mentioned that Portland had three police chiefs in the past year and quoted Wheeler being critical of violence committed by federal agents. At no point, however, does DHS try to explain what Wheeler was referring to when he was decrying this violence uh, committed by federal agents in the city of Portland. In early July, 
Federal agents in Portland started using aggressive tactics under orders from President Trump to protect statues after Confederate statues in several cities were toppled. U.S. law enforcement in Portland shot so-called less lethal munitions at people, beat people, and snatched people off the streets, throwing them into unmarked vans. Wolf's briefing notes complain of sustained protests in Portland. Uh, well, they went on for so long because this was an escalation started by the federal forces that brought people out in the streets to confront them. As Oregon Public Broadcasting noted, on July 1st, 2020, quote, federal officers started playing a more obvious and active role during nightly protests in Portland, pulling protesters' attention away from the Multnomah County Justice Center and refocusing it across the street on the Mark O. Hatfield Federal Courthouse. That night, federal officers emerged from the boarded-up courthouse to fire pepper balls at demonstrators who came too close to the building. Their appearance changed the protests. Invaluable resources and expertise to protecting our communities indeed. For all the complaints and the whining from Trump and his minions over, you know, what happened in Portland, this is pretty much exactly what the administration wanted and probably, uh, you know, why they sent the federal forces there to begin with. The Trump campaign spent over $20 million on TV ads featuring images of anti-police protests per the New York Times. Uh, obviously, it didn't work, despite what cer certain Twitter people online claimed about the 2020 uprising, the movement to defund the police, and the 2020 election. Republicans lost uh, two reliably red states, Georgia and Arizona, and uh, lost pretty much all the battleground states that Trump had won in 2016. A few more FOIA items before moving on. I filed three requests while we were on hiatus. Number one, is the Fed actually listening to Supreme dipshit Larry Summers? <laughs> Summers, the uh, Clinton-era Treasury Secretary, uh, the former Harvard president, had urged the Fed to crack the whip on inflation, bemoaning in October how the Fed is run by quote-unquote woke people, and that's why they're not cracking down on inflation. Um, it's unclear what this was a reference to. There was an article a few months back about how uh, Jerome Powell was personally affected by seeing homeless people in D.C. while driving into work, and maybe that's what Summers was decrying as woke. Um, either way, the Fed is tasked with maximizing employment by law, so it's not clear um, what this wokeness is. Anyway, um, since... That article, and I'm not saying that, or, or since Summers uh, decried the Fed as being woke in October, and I'm not saying there's a cause and effect here, but Powell and the Fed have sort of changed their tune on inflation. They had said it was transitory, not really something to worry too much about. Well, now they've stopped saying that, um, and they have signaled that they are indeed going to tighten monetary policy soon. Um, so I'm curious if Summers had influence at all. You know, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Maybe he did, and this won't prove anything. But either way, I asked the Fed for any and all emails uh, sent last year in 2021 involving Jerome Powell and Lawrence H. Summers, uh, with Summers as both the subject of the email and possible recipient. I wouldn't be surprised if... There is direct influence. It's just not an email. It's all just so informal with these guys who go way back and attend the same 
parties and dinners and uh, I'm not sure where Powell went to school or whatever or whatever clubs that they have like reunions at and shit but where it's just like Summers is talking to him about it one day or just like saying hey you got to do something about inflation you know these workers are getting a little too much uh, power right now we got to do something mm. about inflation yeah. um one noteworthy thing it's just part of the group think that summers represents that obviously has an influence on kind of policymakers in dc yeah yeah one noteworthy thing about uh powell's schooling is that he did go to uh georgetown prep with uh well i don't think they went to school at the same time but that is where uh both brett kavanaugh and um neil gorsuch went to school at one time so georgetown prep uh dipshit factory the uh, second request that I filed was about the CDC urging sick people to go back to work. In late December, as you probably remember, the CDC cut quarantine recommendations, uh, cutting the time that it was telling people to isolate and quarantine themselves if they tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, the agency made the move as corporate CEOs, including Delta CEO and other airline CEOs, urged it to do something because they were afraid that they wouldn't have the workforce to work, um, even if it meant infecting just tons of fucking people, as has since happened. Um, so anyway, I filed a request for records related to the press release issued on December 27th entitled CDC Updates and Shortens Recommended Isolation and Quarantine Period for General Popula Population. And I also asked for any and all records of emails sent to Rochelle Walensky sent between November 24th and December 28th by any representative of a private company, trade association, public interest group, or labor union related to the agency's recommended COVID-19 isolation and quarantine period. Finally, and this is the uh, FOIA request I'm most excited about if it should turn up anything, uh, it is related to the Tesla recall that was announced on December 30th. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, NHTSA, recalled uh, 475,000 Model 3 and Model S Teslas manufactured between 2014 and 2021. It is a pretty sizable recall. Uh, by comparison, Tesla sold 936,000 cars worldwide last year. So the number of calls, uh, re the number of cars recalled, was more than half of the number of cars they sold all around the world last year. The Model Threes were recalled because their rearview camera was at risk of being disabled by the opening and closing of the trunk, and the Model Ss were recalled because of a faulty latch, which made it possible that the front trunk would pop open without warning while the car was in motion, potentially causing an accident. So. I'm sure you've all heard of the um, Tesla, the automated driving, potentially plowing over, plowing into pedestrians and such, uh, which, by the way, the NHTSA is also investigating. Uh, this is more of an old school way uh, of Teslas turning into uh, uh, potential death weapons. Seeing videos this morning of people in the cold unable to open their Teslas because of the way the door <laughs> handle is designed, it freezes. Uh, yeah, this guy's going to get us to Mars, though, in five years. Yes, none of this inspires confidence in Elon Musk, who, uh, by the way, had executed the last of pre-planned stock sales just days before the recalls were announced. Uh, 
So I filed a FOIA with the NHTSA asking for any and all records about the timing of the recall announcement. 